1: Oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 98 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host, Christian Piles, joined as always by my mainest man, Willie Saylor. But as promised, as we told you, we got a special guest on the line. We've got the head coach of Virginia Tech, Coach Kevin Dresser. Coach, probably a pretty uh, crazy couple days for you. How you doing? Good, yeah. It's been
0: interesting. To say the least, yes, I'm uh, I mean, actually in Chesapeake, Virginia, getting ready to, ready to watch uh, state championship wrestling. So I'm multitasking right now.
1: Nice, nice. All right, you so you got a lot of stuff going on this week. So we'll we'll try to not take up too much of your time. But um, before we dive all the way into it head first, what has been the, the maybe the response from you're you're kind of going on that podcast and kind of putting it all out there, calling out the brands, calling out the NWCA, you know, from, I don't know, your team, from whoever. How how has the response been?
0: Well, I need to back up first. And, you know, uh, I think what makes me good and then also what makes me bad probably is my uh, passion for uh, for my program and my passion just for, you know, it's, it's, I think it's okay to say your passion for winning. And, and uh, you know, I need to back up and apologize for you know obviously i was uh, somewhat offensive in terms of some of the words that i chose and i apologize for that and and that's uh, i don't want that to be a reflection on on my guys or my administration or virginia Tech or anybody about of that was me that's kevin dresser that's on me i'm i'm a guy that if i uh, step over the line maybe and maybe i stepped over the line there a little bit i want to make a point um that i'll i'll own it um but with that said um I don't back up on on the process and sticking up for my guys on what was what you know if if I felt like we were wronged and there was stuff happening that that wasn't transparent and it wasn't honest, not just to me but really just to the whole the whole process of the national duels. Um, I just felt like it was time to, to step up and say, hey, you know what? Um, we didn't we didn't get a fair shake, and we're not the only people who probably haven't got a fair shake but i'd rather be part of the solution than the problem going forward you know in this phone call is to be to be part of the solution and, and make sure that this doesn't happen again Coach. Um, and i think the nwca would be the first to say that that um that um that, that they are, there were some huge holes in there I and mean, tom ryan said it and tom ryan's a, a good guy and a national wrestling duels guy and he's the guy that wants to make it go forward and work but there's obviously some gaping holes in, and I know we're going to discuss that. And then real quickly before you go on, because I know, I know it's the meat and potatoes of the show, what you want it to be, but the second thing, and in, in, in this is a seven and a half, so really the national duels, and probably more so to, I think, Kale and Cody Sanders. I'm not sure which one of them came up with the concept this year, but let's face it, the hype for the duels, uh, this, this format this year, might be as high as any format that we've had, and we're excited as talk and, our focus is Michigan, so I don't want the Hokie fans or, you know, we're going to go out and wrestle Michigan hard. Um, it's just one duel. It really doesn't mean anything, but it does mean something because you get to compete with a, a great program. Um, in the big scheme of things, it's a great way to get ready for the postseason, so hats off to whoever made this event or these events happen. We're we're excited to catch a plane tomorrow night straight into Ypsilanti, Michigan, which is like 15 minutes from our motel, so um, that's, that's how I'll start out, and and, uh, uh, like I said, I, I, I need to own it if I stepped over the line. But also, you know, I made a point And I think and if you ask me I was the response, the response was is that I made a point. I got a lot of Iowa people that don't like me. But you know what I also got was I got a lot of some of my former teammates. And I did get emails from Iowa people, which I think is truly, and I'm not just saying, the greatest fan base in the country, one of the greatest fan base in the country, saying, Coach, we wanted to see that match too. You know, we wanted to see that. So that's kind of uh, – well, a short long version of, of where i'm at today and friday
2: yeah coach what um what was more frustrating on your end um or more disappointing the fact or, or the sentiment that you thought you deserved that spot or the fact that it wasn't the process wasn't transparent as as transparent as you would like
0: it wasn't transparent that's the part part that i you know i didn't like and you know, uh, Tom Ryan went on record, and, and Tom was what well, he said was correct. I mean, the votes came in, and the votes tallied up. And some people think, well, maybe the votes shady. But I don't think the votes were shady. I think when the votes came in, I think the process was rushed because coaches were literally traveling home, having to get their rankings in. But at the end of the day, when all the votes the votes uh, shook out, um, Tom Ryan is correct. The uh, the the votes had NC State ahead of Virginia Tech, and so they followed the formula. But it's kind of like if you and I go in and play cards. We throw the cards all out there, and everybody's watching the card game. And you beat me in cards, you know I can take that. But when I find out after the fact that before the card game somebody got in there and took the deck and put all gave you all the aces and gave me all the nines, um, you know that's that's in a goofy analogy way that's kind of what happened. The deck was stacked against uh, certain you know certain certain matches and certain situations going in. I and think, that's the part that the people watching the card game or that had a chance to, to view the card game, they saw the numbers, but they didn't realize that there was options out there and there's other stuff going on.
1: Yeah, so so talk about that. I mean, you mentioned uh, the, the word poll, vote, vote, poll. What, what are we talking about here with this vote? Because I'm hearing there was no vote. Now I'm hearing there's a vote, there's a poll. Can, can you provide a little clarity on the vote poll situation and, and what all that means?
0: Well, I'm not going to go into great detail because, you know, again, I'm not here to beat anybody up. I think Mike Boyer does an awesome job at certain aspects of the the NWCA. I think he's a heck of a fundraiser. I think he's a people person. Um, But I also think that he's, you know, I think if we're going to do this forward and and you're dealing with all of these competitive, high-spirited wrestling coaches, you need to have a really, really strong personality that can't get run over. So when I talked to Mike, you know, a couple hours before the meeting, you know, there was, there was, uh, it was very clear. He said that the coaches' poll would be a factor, but there was, they had a board and the board was going to vote on it. And that's what I was told. And I didn't call up the politic. I called up just because, hey, you know, we're going to, we got to start making plans. How's this thing going to, how are you guys doing this? Are you going to use the coaches' poll or are you going to, how are you going to do it? And, and uh, he was very clear to me at that time that the coaches' poll, was going to be a factor, um, but it wasn't. It was going to come down to, we, you know, we have this board and there's seven people or seven coaches on this board and these coaches are going to, are, are, are going to make the decision. And so, you know, once the meeting gets started, four coaches, and I'm not going to bring up names, but four coaches stand up all on, the, on Virginia Tech's behalf. So there's four out of seven right there and uh, they say their piece and then boom, there's no vote, you know, which I thought there was going to be a vote. I don't know if I come across everybody. All the Iowa people say that I'm a whiner. Well, maybe I am a whiner, but the fact is, is if, if I'm just one of those guys that if somebody's going to hoodoo me, and especially the support that Virginia Tech has given to the national duels, I think we spent 75, over 75 thousand dollars in travel and conventions, and we went to Oregon, and we're going to spend 32 thousand dollars this weekend to go to Michigan. Virginia Tech and Coach Jesser have been a huge NWCA supporter. So for us to, you know, for, for sometime between 4 and 9.30 for a phone call to completely change, you know, what the process from what the way it was explained to me. Now, I get that the contract said that, okay, we're going to go by the coach's call first, but there was actually there was latitude in that contract that, that it could have went other ways. So I'm just upset. At the, I'm upset at the process, the transparency. I'm not disputing the numbers. And if it would have shook out, I don't give a who who we wrestle. But when I find out that you know phone calls are made, and I know phone calls are made, I talked to Tom Ryan at 2:30, and Tom or not 2:30 at 5:30 right after the Missouri match, and he told me. And again, Tom didn't know, hadn't seen all the numbers and everything. Tom's true comments to me was, "It looks like a no-brainer to me. I mean, you can't send the ACC runner-up; you got to send the ACC champ." And you know the other thing he said was he said, you know I know for a fact that Iowa doesn't want to wrestle you guys and so wow. but that you know again that has nothing to do with the voting and, and the numbers the numbers came in so 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 Tom wasn't the only decision maker that kind of time to even have a vote if there would have been a vote so it's just it, it, the frustrating part is is that all of this it's it, it's just all kind of smoke and mirrors and um, and I think that you know especially I feel like I represent the the There's 77 Division One schools. I feel like I represent the masses in that there's a lot of us out there that have, have been over backwards and been drugged all over the country for meetings uh, with the NWCA for the national duels. And, and the, the reality is, is, as soon as there's a, you know, a push comes to shove situation, and a few schools make a phone call, and, and, and ironically, these schools don't even, to be quite honest, they're their financial investment and their attendance of these meetings is minimal at best. Um, things go their way just with the snap of a finger. And that's the frustrating part is and I'm not gonna sit down and and, you know, stifle uh when that continues to happen over and over and that's what's happened
1: Yeah. Do you do you believe well, if, if the shoe's on the other foot and, and Iowa wants this match, do you think you guys are going to Iowa?
0: Yeah I, I true I honestly do. You know, and everybody thinks that Hey, I go way back with to Tom and Terry Burns. I think those guys are great competitors. I got nothing against them personally. I don't get why they're 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 so uh, hung up on uh, on avoiding the you know Virginia Tech situation. And that's to me, that's my opinion. And everybody in Iowa can get mad at me for voicing my opinion, but that's my opinion. You know And I think, to be quite honest, if you if you pulled a lot of people, it, you know, if if you know the the offer out there for them to wrestle us next year and. If I'm just everything I'm saying here is a bunch of udo, then then, um, then you know let's 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 compete and let's go. I just like to compete. I like to. I think I think that's what the fans is. They want good matchups, and so maybe maybe the uh, NC State uh, Iowa match will be a good matchup, and they'll get a lot of response. But I think a lot of people, I think it would be best for their team. I mean, it's I'm not their coach. And it's not, my opinion. Doesn't matter. But I think a lot of fans going into Big Ten would rather see a guy like uh, you know a stud like. Gilman, I don't think Gilman's had a close match all year. No, you know, a guy like Gilman getting Joey here ready for the Big Tens versus, you know, it's, it's just the way the chips would fall and The guy's just—he's a stud. He's murdering everybody. He probably—you know—I think he would need a good match. So I'm looking at it a little bit from the fans' perspective too. That I think we just had a good opportunity to, to to showcase some good stuff. And you know, a couple of my you know former teammates and buddies of mine called me up yesterday and said, "Man, this would have been a great match, and that would have been a great match, and this would have been a great match." And yeah, so there's there's a fan interest uh, component to that and that's probably another reason I'm a little bit missed in that uh, you know all it takes is a phone call and, and the whole deck gets shuffled you know
1: yeah what what was the purpose of i guess if they're going by the coach's ranking what was the purpose of the committee at all why did they have a committee in the first place if they there was no the, what power did they even have if they're not going to vote on anything that's what I don't understand
0: yeah, I mean, I think if you ask the committee members, and, you know, especially when you have, you know, them stand up and speak uh, speak out on that call, and then there wasn't even, okay, we've had four of you just say that we think this is the way it should go. Let's have a vote. You know, to me, that would be the natural progression instead of, well, we're going to go, you know, based on the coach's ranking. And so it just, I don't think it was very clear. I, again, I'm not, I don't think that, uh, I just don't think it was well thought out and planned and. It just kind of got thrown together at the at eleventh hour, and the votes had to be in fast, and the votes went somewhere where they never went before. It was just wasn't a very, very good process. Now, the positive thing is, is the way that it was set up, and now we have all these bowl games this week and a match bowl matches this weekend. I think that's awesome. I think I think that's a home run compared to what we've done before. Because I am like Kale, and you know, I think some of those guys, I think some of those guys don't want to throw their guys into a three-match grind two weeks before the Big Tens of the ACC. So I like this whole idea of let's just get one good tough match in, and and um, it's got a lot of hype right now, even without the whole pressure uh, going nuts thing. It's got a lot of hype, and um, I think it's a great thing.
1: You you mentioned the the poll was done differently. It was done a way it had never been done before, or it went somewhere it had never gone. What, what did you mean by that?
0: Well, just obviously they had to hurry up and make a decision. So normally we're one of the 12 schools that's the Odin School that, that puts together the rankings each week. And um, normally we have to have it in by like late Monday night, and then it gets up to, gets to Jason Bryan, and then Jason puts it up on Tuesday. Uh, this particular week it had to go to the NWCA office because um, they obviously had to make a quick quick call on it, a quick turnaround on it. So it was actually due at 9 o'clock on Sunday night, and then the, then the meeting happened at 9.30. Okay. So, again, I could take my medicine at the poll, could that was the only factor in the deal and everything was straight up. Well, I'm not, again, I'm not whining. Well, mean, the we wrestle Michigan, we wrestle Nebraska, we wrestle whatever, we'll take our medicine. That was the point of my call earlier um, was, well, how's the process going to work? Is it going to be, and if that call would have said, hey, it's a straight up poll," then I, to me that would have almost been easier if you really want to know the truth is it would have been easier if that would have been the case. But it, it was actually explained to me to the point that that whole poll was that it was all the board, the board was much more important than the poll. That's the way that I that I gathered it. Is.
1: Yeah. Um. What? How has your your team responded? Maybe before um, before this happened, when they found out they were going to Michigan. After you kind of went off on uh, Jason Bryan's podcast, what what were they thinking? They were like, holy cow, coach? Well,
0: I think that, you know. I think they think that uh, maybe I'm a little, maybe I was a little crazy, and, uh, but I'm, I'm a fighter, and I tell him all the time that wrestling is, uh, you know, we got to go out and fight Sunday, we got a seven minute organized fist fight with rules, and, um, you know, I got a text from Ty Walls, Ty Walls is one of our leaders, one of our captains. he sent me a text that night, and said, coach, I'm so fired up right now, yada, 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 you know, he, he fed off of it, I don't know how everybody else did, but we've had great workouts this week, we are, you know, the two live goes we've had this week on Tuesday and Wednesday. Long, hard goes were great. Um, so, you know, it's just it's just one match, and and um, and uh, I think that that maybe me getting a little fired up maybe got them fired up. I don't know. Um, we're not going to get we're not going to get too high or too low over one match. That's just the way that we coach. Is every match is the same, and you know these guys have proven they're they're, they're pretty uh, pretty good so far.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, with, with these duels going forward, um, what is kind of the, the best scenario? I, I, this is kind of a two-level question. One, do you like when these are taking place at the end of the year? There's some talk, you know, if these were earlier, it may be different. And uh, so the calendar, when it happens, but also how do you fix the selection process? Because I, I think even the NWCA would admit this can't happen year after year where, where coaches are – and whether whether Coach Brands is did or did not request that coaches are making these uh, matchups how they want them to happen. The power coaches. So, w- what is the best solution for the duels going forward?
0: Well, you said it, but, you know backing up the thing. You said it. Is, is I'm not. There's other coaches that are calling me and said, "Hey, I don't want this team. I want this team." Um, and, and but but in, in their defense is is that you know the NWCA has let it happen you know year in year out. And some of it's for convenience and travel, and I get that, but. If we're going to do it right going forward, it's got to be black and white. It's got to be clear. I and mean, you got to sign up at the beginning of the year. And that's been the problem is there's been certain programs that they show up when they can win. And I'm just being honest. And then if they can't win, they don't want to show up. Or else they want to wrestle a different team. Um, and um, I'm maybe step on toes saying that. But I, I think all the other coaches out there would second that motion is, is that you sign up at the beginning of the year. Here's the rules. The rules are black and white. We're either going to use the ranking, or we're going to have a coach. But so whatever the rules are going to be, then whenever whoever you get, even if you've wrestled them once during the year, obviously we want to stay away from each other conference-wise. But even if we wrestled once, we can't start shuffling the deck. We have to be – it's got to be straight up and you got to – you know what, if, if we wrestled Ohio State in November in just a regular duel, it happens to be that we hit Ohio State, we've got to wrestle Ohio State. You know, that's just the way it is. And, or it just becomes – it becomes like uh, there's no credibility to it right now. And that's what the problem is right now. There's there's no credibility to it because all you have to do is call in, and if you're the right program uh, with the right clout, then you're going to get moved to where you want to get moved.
1: Yeah. And and are you okay with, with when the duels are taking place? Do you think this is the best spot for them a couple, two weeks before conferences?
0: I think it's one match. I think it is. It's great because I think what happened this time here is there was – Just happened to be for excitement reasons is our last and really one of our last dual meets of the year was North Carolina state and North Carolina state had such an awesome season and such an awesome team. that so you have a what a three versus seven or eight at the time. And so the the dual meet not only meant the title, but it also meant who was the automatic bid for the national duals. And that got some hype and that was cool. And and some of the other conferences didn't quite have that, um, that feel to it just because they might've clinched it earlier in the year. But um, um, that was really really cool. So that's what I said, I think it was a home run. I mean, I do think. I don't know. Uh, I think that you know, if we're going to do this next year, that again we got to do what we say we're going to do because the coaches at the convention, we were all told that we were going to do the Big Ten thing, which a lot of coaches didn't like. There weren't Big Ten schools. I'll be honest, we were going to do the Big Ten thing for one year, and then next year we were going to we were going to go non-Big Ten. So. Whatever eight schools ended up, seven schools ended up playing their conference plus the wild card. They were going to be the host schools, mm-hmm. and now the Big Ten schools were going to travel to them. That's how it was sold to us. Now I'm curious to see if the if the Big Ten schools are still on board with that. Is is uh, you know if, if Iowa draws, whoever are they going to get in the plane and fly to them like we've had to do every year? Yeah, um, I'm curious to see how that's going to how that's going to shake out. Right, because that's the only fair way to do it if we're going to go forward this way.
1: Correct. Um, so. Just a couple more, and then we'll let you go, Coach, because I know you're at States right now. Um, with Coach Brands' potential re- refusal to wrestle you guys, do you think that's more about how things went down with him leaving Virginia Tech and Virginia Tech not releasing those big guns? Do you think it's like, I don't want to help this program out that hurt my guys, that hurt that took away years of eligibility for my guys, or is it something where it's, it's a matchup thing or, or a combination of the two or something else?
0: I don't know. You know, I don't really don't know what goes. I, you know, I, I. I obviously, their, their, their level of toughness is is uh, is undocumented. I mean, it's it's document it's documented and it's legit and everything. Um, I don't understand why um, you wouldn't want to the toughest matchup if there, if there was a matchup and and uh, nobody's stupid that it just just based on matchups and looking at the lineups. That, of the teams that were available, that we were the toughest one, we were the we were the hardest fight, um, the toughest fight. Um, so I don't know that I don't know when you're my place. And again, I got nothing. Hey, Tom and Terry Brands, I got nothing against them. I just want to compete against them. I hope they want to compete against me, and uh, it's nothing more than that. And if they don't want to com- compete against me, and I call them out on it, then they can get mad about it, or they can say, man, that dresser's crazy. You know, he just wants to, to whoop us. What's wrong with wanting to whoop somebody? You know. That's that's
2: where we come from.
1: That's a good question. Um, well, Willie, I don't know if you have anything else. I, I'm I'm good. If if you're good, buddy. Yeah,
2: I think it's good stuff.
1: Hey, we really appreciate you coming on, Coach. Um, best of luck against Michigan, and uh, we'll catch up with you down the line. All right, thanks, guys. Hey, thanks. Talk thanks to you later, to you, coach. coach. There you have it, head coach of Virginia Tech wrestling, Kevin Dresser, and um, we appreciate him. Hopping on for sure. A lot of stuff to take away. He didn't really, um, you know, he had his, he apologized, you know, for, for his language, but really he didn't soften any of his stances at all.
2: No, he didn't back down from it, from what his, his points were. And, you know, from the time that this started, um, you know, even before Kevin Dresser became vocal, um, there was things, I mean, me and Christian, we write down in a in a document what, you know, we come up with a script for our show, and before Kevin Dresser even became vocal, we had certain things down uh, on this document, talking points about the the duels, which I said that the, you know, the dual bowl series, I think is a great format.
1: Yeah, I think everyone's, uh, I don't even know who's against it anymore.
2: I, I, well, I was
1: skeptical when it sure. first, Sure.
2: And then as it played out and the the way it's designed i think is awesome if you could tighten up some sticking points that being said <laughs> we had we had talking points in our script for FRL for Monday about coaches jockeying for position i want to wrestle here or i'm not participating i want to do this is are the are the assignments accurate Right. Right. Um, or are they succumbing to the whims of, and this isn't, I, I don't know if this is on the NWCA. I don't yeah, know.
1: I honestly don't. That's my point, On one, on
2: one hand, on one hand, right, the NWCA um, could buckle down and say, listen to me, we're making this decision, and you're going to abide
1: by it. On the other hand, you can't because they won't show up. Yeah, they have no authority to really do that. I mean, no, and and what? so with with that, Willie, you, they risk if they put their foot down, and say, nope, this is happening. You're doing it this way, etc. Then do you risk losing Penn State again? Do you risk losing? And I don't think Penn State had really anything to do with it um, this year per se. But you know they haven't been in support and now. They are. Do you lo- risk losing Oklahoma State? You risk That's losing right. Iowa. Then your entire event loses legitimacy. So they're walking this tightrope. The whole thing falls apart. They're walking this tightrope right now, and they have to uh, accommodate the big powers. They have to accommodate the coaches. But they have to also try to make um, a successful event that makes the duels important. So I don't envy envy their position at all, and I don't know what they need to do, but there needs to be something that the coaches don't have this kind of power because it will never, ever change. Well... (laughs) You know, sometimes I, I've talked about for
2: years whether it's been articles um, on Flow or the videos on Flow or when FRL started. For years, I've been complaining about transparency and backdoor deals, and whether that's whether that's with state organizations, um, you know, from high school state organizations or or. Chapters, state chapters of USA Wrestling or um, I don't know the OPC thing or lot, lots of different topics. I always talk about um, transparency and openness and doing the right thing. And to, to the extent that, I don't know, I, maybe I get looked at as uh, wrestling's Fox Mulder chasing down conspiracy theories, right? What's a Fox uh, Mulder? That's, that's X-Files. Right. Um, but here's, but this is the problem, right? I, I, Kevin Dresser, like it or not, is, is being honest and coming out to the media. And, and when we, you know, we're, we're lucky enough, me yeah. and Christian, to be close enough to things to know that Brian Smith said, I'll only compete here and here. And that John Smith said, I'll only compete here. And that, um, it, it, you know, these things weren't in the this- news. These right. things weren't in the news. They weren't public for public consumption a couple years ago, and I think that this is necessary. Right. It's necessary to be known.
1: Right. I but, I, I completely agree, and I think
2: and I, I mean that's why I credit Kevin Dresser. Um. Finally, somebody's coming out and speaking out about
1: it. Other than us, and other than you know people kind of outside the scenario, you know, Rob Cole. I will say you know he's a guy that's that's been vocal at times, but. Um. You know, you don't yeah. have you don't have a lot of this, the coaches questioning the the establishment or, or whatever you I don't know whatever you want to call it. I feel like that's kind of a overplayed statement, but um, I think as a whole, you know, we're seeing the the coaches just in general in our sport, Willie. They they have honestly way too much power, and it doesn't really make sense. Um I mean, you think about it every facet of our sport is kind of dictated by coaches. Our rules check they're they're they changed those rules they were there was a committee that made these weird rule changes the political direction, sure, the marketing of it and and the events and this and that. Coaches are in charge of of um uh, almost everything and it's not I'm not saying that these guys aren't really smart and really good leaders, but I guess my point is your skill set is wrestling being a competitor teaching competitors how to compete leading a program and i don't see the overlap between that and And, and an entire sports direction yeah okay and i don't see you know bill belichick negotiating tv deals and i don't Mm -hmm. see phil jackson determining the the marketing and direction and the rules for basketball that's not happening that's that i don't Mm -hmm. think it's ever happened but in wrestling and maybe it's because we just lack potential leaders in general, and coaches are kind of, they have a thankless job, and they just step up and say, okay, we'll do it. You know, we'll, we'll be leaders. And, and I credit them for, for doing that, but is it really their skill set? I don't, I don't think so. Uh,
2: well, maybe they need to, probably not, probably not. And, and maybe, maybe it needs to be done um, if they're gonna buy into the NWCA and let the NWCA govern um, the direction of the sport, the marketing of the sport, the the format of the sport, they they need to either buy into that and say you got that's your guys' job, take it away, or or find uh, um. Yeah, but the, NWCA... find the find the people for the NWCA that they want to be in charge. Not um, yeah, you guys, you guys do what you do and then but we're really going to pull the strings. We're yeah.
1: we're not going to be really all in on it. But the organization is called the National Wrestling Coaches Association. So it's hard to say the NWCA shouldn't be run by coaches, right? I mean it's literally the name of Yeah. The- <laughs> yeah,
2: but you can't have you can't have Mike Moyer and Pat Tossy um have full-time jobs where it's where they are in charge of the direction of the sport, but then undercut them when they're when they're trying to make decisions.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's tough. I mean, l- like we said, they're they're in a they're in a tough position between a rock and a hard place w- with this stuff. And I, I think Coach Dresser's point is very true. Um, I, or I'm super curious to see next year when these Big Ten schools have to get on a plane and go somewhere. I, I hope that they do. <laughs> right? I hope that they do. I mean, I mean that's a, that, that'd that be pretty dirty dirty dealings there. I'm, I'm hopeful that... See, here's my thing. I think it's going to happen. I think the Big Ten... And maybe I'm just an optimistic person by nature. But I think all these Big Ten coaches have to see that this is good. And they have well, to know that they, they need to compete. And well, it's I'll one say duel. This.
2: I'll say this. They will find out. The Big Ten schools... It's, it's more a pat on the back to the non-Big Ten schools um, that they're going on the road first. Because what's going to happen is the Big Ten schools are going to stay home. They're not going to have to pay money to travel. They're going to get the, the gate and the revenue mm-hmm. from these, you know, Oklahoma State, Virginia Tech, NC State. These guys are spending a good chunk of money. On a on a, a, wing and a prayer,
1: right? That they'll, they'll return the favor.
2: That they'll return the favor. Now that, hopefully, what happens is, the Big Ten schools see a decent chunk of revenue from hosting these. That next year, when they have to go, it's not a leap of faith. They know, okay, we have to spend this money because, um, you know, we saw the benefits from, from this year. You know, they saw they saw that they can um, benefit from it. Right. Well, for the for, for the Okie states of the world and, and NC states of the world, they're like, man, pff, all right, let's try, it. let's see what happens. Hopefully, it's it's reciprocated.
1: Yeah, one hundred percent. I'm feeling pretty good uh, on this topic. If you're ready to move on, I think I am. Um, obviously, we're super excited well, for these duels coming up. Th- there's
2: one other thing too that I think needs to be talked about because you brought it up. You said Bill Belichick negotiating. You know, the NBC deals or the Fox deals or, or the television deals. And um, that is part and parcel. Uh, that, that, that is a, a responsibility of NWCA. And I just don't quite understand why they they insist on being on television sometimes. Like, they, they'll...
1: They think it's they, the end all, they, be all.
2: They make the decision to be on television despite it making a whole lot of sense. Like, almost like TV is TV, and <laughs> it doesn't matter if it makes sense, it's TV. Yeah. Right? Like, so, and not just, the, I guess, not just the NWC. Right, right? I was I mean, going to say, not just there's there. been, there's been other There's been other governing bodies um, that, I mean, uh, now we're self-interested here. Of course, we want it on flow, um, but it, instead of being on flow, uh, they'll put it on... ESPN three who gives no promotion beforehand, no um, context during, no wrap up after, um, or they'll put it on they'll put it on Fox Sports Southwest or who knows what channel uh, at three a.m. three months from now, um, and, and it doesn't make sense to me because it doesn't uh, it doesn't no ilu- il- illuminate the event right
1: know
2: like whether it's flow or some other institution i don't know what it would be but um at least they're putting context around it. at least they're elevating it they're marketing it they're they're doing previews uh recaps there's there's stuff around it right you put something on espn 3 i mean god it's a it's a one-off thing on a backwoods channel that you have to hunt to find down the link and and there's no pre-production. There's no post-production.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I I agree with you completely. And I think that, you know, w- why is football successful, man? Like, well, there, there's a lot of money in it, obviously. But the reason we just get more and more interested as, as the week goes on and it just builds, the whole week is building up to... Cam Newton versus Peyton Manning and every every storyline around it and everything that makes it controversial and interesting and what makes the matchup compelling and it all builds up for an entire week and then they play and then it happens and then afterwards you have this entire days worth of of content and thoughts and and everything being surrounded around these events okay so for weeks and weeks and weeks it, the NFL is just not that amazing it's it's given so much time oh right it's given every every opportunity to succeed. So of course it is. You're you're putting on shows every day. You're putting content about football. You turn on ESPN. It's the same football stories every single time. Cam Newton, the way he's talking to the media, Cam Newton, the way he Dabs, Peyton Manning, HGH, Peyton Manning is the older washed up. I mean, there's a thousand storylines that are happening all the time. And so with that, and people are following along with that. It builds a lot, a lot of interest around this. Okay, you plop the All-Star, just uh, 7 o'clock Saturday night, what the heck is this? I'm flipping through. Who cares if someone accidentally flips through, doesn't know what they're watching at, doesn't know who these guys are, doesn't know what it means, and then afterwards it's over. It's just a one-off thing that exists, and it's so shallow and and empty, and only the diehards are going to know to find it, and only the diehards are going to end up watching it. Anyone... A new fan that watches that is not going to be captivated. They're not going to be able to be drawn in, and that's another one of the problems with with this infatuation with 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 television. They just don't do the job, frankly, that we do. Okay, it's, we're it's doing what ESPN. To them. It's it's not a priority, and I get it. And guess what? ESPN is is in trouble. Okay, they just fired in the fall. 300 people. What did those people at ESPN work on? Alternative sports, the fringe sports. They're doubling down on football. Okay, They're double, doubling down on the big ones. And we're we're getting left out in the woods. And those very same people—that's who we're aligning with. Those who who are loosening up on on the coverage of alternative sports. Read wrestling. And now we're we want to be with them. I, I don't get that. ESPN doesn't give a crap about wrestling. Well, I mean, okay, you can
2: this is you can look this up. The the All Star Classic was the worst or second worst performing stream. Not stream. On, it
1: was on TV. It was on TV.
2: Or yeah, on ESPN. You. For the year.
1: For the year. That's bad. Now
2: is is the okay? Is the All Star Classic that big of an? Inf- is it that much of an inferior product that it has to rank dead last no. on ESPN's rating? No. It's because you're giving it to and I'm not even giving cuz listen, they they had to pay to be on it. Pay. They had to pay.
1: That's to not be on how it normally spin. that's not how it works. Do you know no. what do you know what um ESPN is paying for for live rights. They're paying billions and billions of dollars. That's why they're in trouble, by the way, because they're spending so much money but, on these live rights. They're paying, but instead this it was backwards the NWCA, this
2: way. The NWCA, who isn't – they don't have a a bank account overflowing with money. There's not this money box that's in the, the, the offices in Lancaster, Pennsylvania that's overflowing with money. They have to give money to ESPN to be on TV, Not
1: and anything. they
2: provide nothing for it except they turn on a camera,
1: turn on a camera for two hours, and then it's done, never to be seen or heard from again. No context around what happened, what it means going forward. What did it mean? Ty Walls beating Adam Cude. What did it mean that Dean Hile um, almost beat Cody Brewer? Etc. Um, Etc. Cetera, et cetera. Nothing. Now, it was just it was just matches that, and, that occurred. And, uh, I'll say this,
2: too, is that from what I've heard, and I don't know this to be 100% true, is that the donors to the NWCA, so Mike Boyer and, and, and his staff go out and they solicit, you know, they, they try to fundraise. And from what I'm told is that the some of the donors want their events on, ESP, on, want, on television, right?
1: Yeah. Well, there you
2: go. So they're making... They're making deals by proxy for their donors. I, that I, don't
1: make sense, right? Well, the, their
2: donors are probably do think, old guys. That do you think the donors have any? Do you think the donors have any context into like what the best decision is?
1: No, they just think having something on TV. That's the end yeah, all I'll be write,
2: all. I wrote you a check, but let's get this on television.
1: Yeah. Well,
2: that's not television. Isn't what it once was, and that's not the best scenario. I, I mean, in. You know, a couple years from now,
1: <laughs> there's going to be less and less television. I mean, there's been like 10 million um, people that have cut the cords, cut cable in the last couple years. And it's accelerating. It's going faster. Uh, cord cutting is happening at an incredible rate. And it's going to continue to happen and happen. Uh, Direct-to-consumers, is that's the way it, things are moving. So, But the people that are donating, people who donate have money. People who have money are probably not... Millennials, thirty year year olds that are given the NWCA. These are guys that are, they've been watching stuff on TV, and that's how they consume. They're not watching on the Netflix or the or the YouTube's. They're watching on TV, so that's what they want, and so yeah. it's predictable. And, 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 and once but, again, the NWCA is in a tough position. They're between a rock and a hard place with the coaches. They're between a rock and the hard place with with donors. Right. And it, but at the end of the day, it comes down really to this:
2: it, it, give. Give the institution give give the company that's gonna elevate your event the most. Give let them handle production. Yeah. What's gonna do who is gonna do the best job to elevate your event? Give them the give them the rights. Not not somebody that's just gonna take the money and run.
1: What if you only saw in football, if you only saw the Super Bowl? You just come in, it's like the Panthers in the Broncos, what is this? Yeah, you know, nothing. That's basically what they're doing. They're just putting the Super Bowl on. Not that the All Stars the Super Bowl, but you get my point. The marquee events. There's nothing around it. If that happened, no shows, no nothing leading up. You just drop the Super Bowl on. Do you think it's this American institution that, that where the country shuts down and watches this thing?
2: No. I, we say that all the time. You gotta, you gotta grow it. You gotta, you gotta pump it out. You've got to make it important right football is not the greatest sport in the world no you, you I, gotta you got to make things important you got to put wrestling in front of as many eyeballs as you can
1: the right uh, way
2: you got to put wrestling on your you know on your social channels uh, on your site on uh, in front of as many eyeballs as you can or it's less important
1: yeah I agree I agree so so that's that
2: well, that's um, television
1: it's TV. We're talking TV. Let's let's transition. Let's get to a little Medved here, okay? Medved. There's, there's some big stuff going on overseas. Kyle Snyder wrestled again. He lost again, but I'm I'm telling you what, I couldn't be less nervous about this stuff. Right. He lost. First of all, he lost to a legend in Gatsalov. Um, what was he multiple World and Olympic champion, six, eight time? I forget now. But he won a lot. He actually beat Snyder a couple years ago. With beat the streets. Um. And if you haven't got to watch the match, we're going to put it up on flow here shortly. But essentially, Kyle got the first takedown. Nice single leg lift and return. He gave up a weird step out where he was attacking. And then he took a shot, and it was a good kind of wizard pancake throw from Gonzalo for four. And then he sat on his lead and won. And I, I, felt, I felt supremely confident in Kyle moving forward if that was a rematch. Your thoughts? Well, I haven't seen it yet, but oh. um stuff happens, right? Like
2: just cause Kyle loses to Salah or Baltichaev last week, a lot of times I mean Kyle's in there scrapping. Like, he's right with these guys. Uh I lose I lose no confidence in Kyle
1: Snyder. Right. Because I mean, he lost a lost a match. He's only losing on counters. He's getting countered. He's in both matches, he's the only one that that took legitimate attacks. Um, you know, Gatsal took a couple shots. Boltakaev took a, a few shots, but it was all Kyle. It was Kyle shooting, Kyle attacking, Kyle trying uh, to to build a lead and trying to score. And that's okay. I mean, I'm not. You think? I mean, the my first reaction was, Kyle Snyder's not taking that shot and getting out of position one bit if it's the Olympics. But it's Medved prizes, and he's not—he's out there to wrestle. He's not out there to, to manage a match. And I think well, that's what I love about it. I, I, and I think what you're getting at too is a thing we always say
2: on the show is in the deed, right? So a, a lot of people get hung up on W's and L's. hmm Um. And and this goes back to like scouting guys at the high school level, like, um. You know, a guy could lose, and I, lo- and I, and I gain a lot of uh, trust in his abilities. Right. And, yeah, okay, this guy has lost, lost. That's why I used to take a lot of criticism for having JoJo so high <laughs> in, in, in my subjective recruiting rankings. Oh, you have JoJo this high, but he lost to this guy and that guy. I, I like him. I like, I like his trajectory, right? Yeah.
1: I mean, that was something I, like- I checked you on.
2: Yeah, you had him like, behind
1: Larry early. I was like, come on, man.
2: I, right. So um, don't get so hung up on the wins and L's. Like, I'd rather have Kyle Snyder losing or scrapping in these matches and losing the way he is and then winning at the Olympics. I, I Just there's no reason to be nervous about Kyle Snyder. Yes, he's taking losses. Yes, he's just
1: fine. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, not scared at all. Also, can we talk about the fact that, Russians can kick out about just any single leg. Like, it's 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 so it's frustrating. bizarre. It's uncanny. I think they lubricate their shoes in some way. It's like magic. It kind it's of like, is. You know he's gonna like kick out. Who, he's got one place to go, because Gasov kicked out on one of star shots. But it happens to so many of uh, uh, Americans. It, right. It's like, Christian takes a shot, a good solid shot. Natch.
2: And I turn and directly go the opposite way and kick away, and I'm gone. He didn't, no more leg. How does
1: that work? I, it doesn't it, make sense. It doesn't. I mean, I don't. It's like magic. They Maybe they can dislocate their ankles momentarily. It's crazy. Who was
2: it? Oh, I know who it was. Kyle Snyder in the semifinals or quarterfinals of Worlds against Gogaev. Snyder was
1: in on his leg a hundred times, and Gogayev just turned and kicked and was out. I don't get it. Sometimes they don't even turn; and, they just like step away. I'm like, how do you do that? I can't. Yeah, it's um, it's amazing the things they can do. I mean, that's why I love watching international wrestling. You just get, you see stuff that you're like, how how do they do that? And they make it look so effortlessly. The fluidity of these guys, and it's not just Russians that can turn and kick like that. It's 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 worldwide, but especially Russians. I
2: mean, that's. That's right. When people watch David Taylor wrestle, they're like, oh, he's fluid. He does these things. And like, th- what the way these international wrestlers do it, like, it's almost like they make stuff up as they go. They're like, like they, it's like yeah. David Taylor uh, to the nth power. Like, I- I've seen some in the international tournaments. Oh, who was it? I forget off the top of my t- head who it was, but they just make
1: stuff up and make it work. They wrestle so fluidly. Well, the the arm par guy against Dennis. Armbar. That's he has cool the one. fireman's carry after getting attacked. Like it was, uh, it was so weird. Like, I don't. They just have such feel for positions and such body awareness. It's it's really unbelievable. It's it's incredible to watch them. And man, it's fun. This international stuff's great. Now uh,
2: you have down here. This is this is an interesting, uh, <laughs> phrase here. You have. Frank Chimizo is an international treasure. He's a treasure. He's a treasure.
1: He's a treasure. He's a. Tre- <laughs> I mean, we just need to. Tre- it needs to be it's cherished. An international treasure. He needs to be cherished. He needs to be <laughs> adored and loved and watched and consumed. I just love watching him wrestle. I think he is. I think he's so creative. I think he. I don't know, man. I mean, from where I kind of viewed him coming in to Worlds last year to now, I'm like, this guy is. He is so freaking fun to watch. Now, he
2: lost yesterday. I did watch that yeah, match. Yeah, we watched, watched that seven together. 7 Romanov. And the interest... Uh, a lot of people lot, think he got these, hosed. It was, there, were some, there were some goofy calls in there. Um, and there were some goofy calls that got overturned, which is a good thing. I don't know that he got hosed, but it it was really close. But uh, interesting thing about Chimizo and a lot of international guys is like, He'll play it close to the vest. He'll get put on the shot clock. He'll he will he will like not do a darn thing. Like he got put on the shot clock. The score is zero zero on the first period. He gets put on the shot clock. No interest whatsoever in getting the takedown. I think he,
1: he almost became the first wrestler to get put on the shot clock while on the shot clock. When he's like he
2: just literally was backing up, not even he trying. He can't do nothing. But then when he needs to, he'll score whenever he wants. It's if he like, really wants
1: to, he'll score. It's like he's just waiting for for a flurry to happen. Like he's just he's gonna give you three or four bursts and flurries and scrambles that you're like, how the how the heck did he do that? How does that happen? How did he do this? And that's why he's an international treasure and he should be cherished and you should cherish him. I love watching that kid. Man. He is he is a freaking blast. Now staying on Chimizo, um, an American treasure, Logan Steber lost narrowly 10-8. We gotta find this match. I've been looking. I've been scouring the YouTubes for it. It's not up yet. Someone's gotta. Someone needs to put this match up because we want it. I want to see it. I have, wasn't able to see it when it happened live, but it was ten eight, and a lot of people saying, you know what, Steber may not be able to win the Olympic trials, but is is he our potential best had, international option? He's had a heck of a run here. I
2: mean, that one match that he lost at Uregan – I mean, that was all goofy, right? Mm. He, and he probably could have wrestled a little bit more under control. Sure, that was, yeah, he got, he got countered to death. Um, but he was winning last week in Ukraine and, and uh, in the finals and got pinned. He was winning 8-4, comfortable, like a decent-sized lead. And then um, another close one this week, he's, you know, he's had a heck of a trading cycle. He's had a, tr- a heck of a international tour. And there's a lot of... Buzz right now is Steber the best guy for the United States internationally now, uh, including Brock is saying yeah. That,
1: Bro- right? That's the reason I wrote it down because Brock, Brock is all in on the bear, uh, and I'm I'm not ready to go there yet. I I think he's done fine, but you know we've seen Metcalf and Jo, they've beaten Kriban who who beat Logan. I mean they've they've got some international wins themselves. Well, it's and then maybe some of them have been close, but Oliver has kind of owned that. Right, he,
2: he's something in O against Steber internationally, or in freestyle. And Jimmy Kennedy um, beat him decisively. decisively. And 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 Metcalf has won the trials like for the last three years. So, um,
1: yeah, I, not, I don't.
2: It's hard for me to say that Steber is the best guy.
1: I'm not ready to go there yet, but I think he is a whew, he's a very interesting wrinkle. If he's in there, if he's in the mix. I mean, what what I like about him is he's gonna go out there and get points, and he might get yeah he might go he'll go down swing, and we're not gonna play this hand fight hard, get him on the shot clock. I mean, he's just gonna go out and, and make flurries happen, and you know. Uh, I, I like I like him in that situation. I don't know if he's he's the best guy at all, but I think he can make I, things. I interesting. think he might be the best guy,
2: the best guy to score points. <laughs> right. I mean. Every one of these guys has had their. Every one of these guys have ha, has their pluses and minuses, right? So Metcalf has been the most consistent. Um, he wins the trials all the time. He goes overseas. He's be, he beats good guys, um, but he he just can't solve it on the biggest stage. Uh, Jordan Oliver, I don't know what to really make of him because. He has all the talent in the world. He just we haven't seen him internationally too much.
1: Yeah. Um and then I thought we were going to see him more this this off season
2: too. Yeah, and, and then Jimmy Jimmy has had his spots. Logan 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 is like he can go with anybody, but can he come out on top? Like you know, Right. He's going to get he's going to get in these 16-15 matches and just get out pointed I, or out. I, I just think he needs a little bit more mat sense or like match awareness. Like, yeah. cause he goes out there and there's points flying on the board and, and, and you love that. It's the converse of this tactical. I'm on the shot clock two one, get a point when I have to. Logan's the, Logan's the opposite. Logan's like, let it fly. And, but maybe in those last, that last minute, Logan needs to have a little bit more
1: match strategy. Yeah, I see that. I can see that too. Um, yeah, for sure. So that's Logan. He's there. We got a couple guys there, uh, wrestling in Medved. Uh, you want to transition to this this next topic? Big match coming up um, in, in a couple weeks. The number yeah. one and number three pound for pound wrestlers in the country.
2: I think we just got this got this locked down too. Dream Team Classic in Minnesota, and um, the card is pretty good, but. <laughs> there is a matchup that's just out of this world. Alex... Alex Marinelli and Mark Hall, both seniors, both wrestling their last match um, in high school. right. One's going to Iowa. One's going to Penn State. Pound for pound number one versus pound for pound number three. I mean, could it get any juicier?
1: I don't think so. I mean, if, if you have to pick um, a hypothetical What's the best match you can What's create? What's the best match you could put together in a high school in high school? It's this one. It's this one. It's this one. That's the one you pick. And you know, I I think I and mean, I think Mark Hall, I think he he has I'm not going to limit him and, and marginalize him as a, a defensive specialist, but you do think of great defense, extremely hard to score on. You think right. of Alex. Counters. Mer- when you think of Alex Marinelli, you think of a guy. who's gonna come. He's gonna take a lot of leg attacks. He's gonna, so something's got to give there, right? Now, you consistently, Willie, consistently have been saying for since who's number one before when we were maybe hey could we get make this match happen? Okay, could, could we see this? You think Hall and Marinelli is a thing and you think Alex can go with him. I think it's going to be
2: a great match.
1: Yeah. Why do you think that? I mean you you've been you've been pretty adamant um, about it.
2: I'm not by any stretch of the imagination saying that Marinelli will win this match. But what I'm saying is from Marinelli's skill set from Marinelli's skill set so Hall, you know, Hall is this elevated kind of guy where it's like he's the man right and anybody wrestling him in high school come on man you know like they don't have a shot right uh there's certain guys like that over the years like and you know hall's beaten college guys and and some of the best um juniors and stuff like that and so the the 50,000 foot view is mark hall is a prodigy and nobody's going with him um I'm just saying by watching Marinelli's matches, and, and you're on me all the time about Marinelli doesn't wrestle the top places. He hasn't beaten elite-level guys. Um, and perhaps that's true. He doesn't, true. Re- he doesn't. He doesn't wrestle the toughest schedule. He, do, he hasn't faced a truckload full of elite guys. Um, I'm just saying by his skill set, I think it's an interesting match.
1: Yeah, I agree, and I I don't you know where I, I view and, him. Yeah. Yeah, where I view him in the pound for pound is not necessarily reflective of. I, I think he of is too high. Of what you think his abilities. Right. Absolutely right. not. It's so, almost like with with JoJo kind of thing. Like you see, right. this kid's amazing. He's really freaking good, and there's a so, reason. So.
2: Yeah. So Mark Hall, Mark Hall could win four three, or Mark Hall could win nine three. Right. Um. What I'm saying is, I, I I'm excited to see it. Yeah, I, I, I think it could be inter- It's it, it's it is interesting. No matter what happens, it's interesting because Marinelli is that good. We were talking if if, yeah. if Mark Hall if Mark Hall wins a one sided match, um, then Mark Hall is even that much better. But,
1: right. um, Marinelli's damn good. Okay, speaking of Marinelli. Um, I, I want to get to this. This will probably be our last topic, and maybe we'll go a couple minutes over. But I think it's a really good topic and something we've talked about a lot. And that's the, the idea of red-shirting guys. Um, and and this pertains to Marinelli in that they need him next year at 65. In my opinion, they need him.
2: Yeah. I, and I couple- and not,
1: not only do they need him, but it's the last year with, with uh, Gilman. It's the last year... With mm-hmm. Clark, it's the last year with Brooks and Meyer, also I believe. So you got four big guns that are not likely to be replaced, and yeah. this is something we think in general, not just for Iowa. But if guys are ready and they're the best guy, start them if you need them.
2: Yeah. So I I said a couple of shows ago I I've never met a lineup projection thread on a message board that I didn't like that I didn't dive into. Right. That's your thing. Um, yeah, like. Okay, let's see. We got this guy in tow, and this is this is our eligibility um, chart. and the 2019, 2020 Iowa Hawkeye lineup could look like this. I, I love it. I go th- I, I'm all in on those. And so even looking ahead at next year's lineup, uh, potential for Iowa, you have to think, I mean, t- here, here comes the dilemma is, do you start Marinelli at 65? Um, when the track record for Iowa has been, we never start a true freshman.
1: Right. The only and, exception was was Burak, who had a deferred year at the OTC. Right.
2: Who essentially was a a, a redshirt year. Right. Um, but with with the way things are shaping up, uh, I think you got to start Marinelli. I don't even think it's a question. Um, you're going to have Gilman and Clark. You're gonna have Sorensen and Kemmerer. You're gonna have one more year with Brooks and Meyer, and then you're gonna have Stoll back there. Yeah. Um,
1: Plus Marinelli, if they. And them. if
2: you you put Marinelli in, you're talking about a contender.
1: That's you're talking eight, about a- eight legit dudes, and and I I'll, I'll put Marinelli in that in that class right now. I think he can go with these D1 guys by next March, after months in the Iowa room he is, is going to be ready to go.
2: You know, especially maybe you maybe you look ahead right now and be like, look, if we put this lineup out, we can contend. Hey, Alex, get here in May or June. Yeah. Right? And let's get let's get you ready. And um and, and the the alternative to that, and I don't want to belittle anybody on Iowa's roster, but the alternative to that is like giving up a weight, like giving up your best potential.
1: Right. Yeah.
2: And so the, the, the question is, will Tom and Terry break their, break their uh, system of, you know, never starting a, a, a true freshman.
1: And, and this, if there's, I don't know if there's been a more apparent time for, for Iowa to kind of break their mold. Than, than this will be, you know. I remember St. John won the fifty-seven wrestle off his true freshman year, um, but they they won that year, so they, I don't believe they needed him. That was the year they put five in the finals. So if you don't need him to win it, maybe well, I get it. But it's a it's a different. We're living in a different era. These
2: these kids are coming in ready to go. It, there used to be such a huge discrepancy. Uh, between high school and college that maybe I understood, uh, maybe it was best in the past to never start a true freshman. Um, but now these kids are coming in more refined, more developed, tougher. Um, maybe not tougher. i um, listen to you. Um, but, you know, it, it, I think you send Marinelli right away. I think he's ready. And with all those seniors... Gilman, Clark, Brooks, um, Meyer. Meyer, right? With all them seniors, it gives you a one year window where you can really go for it, and you can redshirt Maranelli the next year, if you or want to, two years, or whenever the lineup dictates that you may or may not have a realistic title hunt.
1: Or he just needs a redshirt. He gets hurt in the off and whatever. There's yeah. there's a, a myriad of reasons where a redshirt down the line pays off. But you got a guy healthy. And ready to go, it may be time to use them. I so, mean,
2: I, you're talking about you're talking about title contenders in Gilman and Clark. You're talking about title contenders in Sorensen. You're talking about Michael Kemmer, who I think is going to be darn good.
1: They right? love Michael Kemmer.
2: I love Michael Kemmer. So um, use them. Yeah. Use them when you
1: can. You know, and and with heavyweight, you know, it's. Who's coming into the heavyweight class? Right, that, you're going to lose a couple weight guys. Stoll's going to move up
2: the pecking order, and and let me ask you this, Christian, because you know the landscape better than I do. What yeah. does 65 look like next year? You're losing the national t- champion. You're, you're you're probably Bo's probably moving up to
1: 74. You would think. So you got Isaac. Huh. Okay, well here's here's my top five: senior Daringer, no, junior Isaac Jordan, sophomore, but probably moving up Bo Jordan. Fourth, Steven Rodriguez Sr. Fifth, uh Anthony Parati Sr. Now you got Daniel Lewis, as a freshman, who's probably ready to take take the the world by storm. But other than that, it's gonna be it's it's gonna be light, you know? It's gonna be light. Right. I mean I mean you plug Marionelli in there, you get
2: him on campus in June, and by uh by Midlands,
1: he could be a top eight guy. And that's what they and if they do it, it'll probably be something like you wrestle him unattached, you send him to opens, you don't use him in the first half of the year, wrestle him at Midlands, does good there, pull him after that. That's what we've seen. That's what they've done with Burak actually all three years. I'm pretty sure he n- didn't compete at Midlands Attached until this season. I could be wrong on that, but I think I'm right. So we'll probably see something like that if they go that route. And yeah, to your point, Willie, 65 is going to get... I mean, you're losing, you're losing ringer. I mean, it's going to be weaker. Okay? And... It's already not crazy deep. And there's a lot of seniors. I'm looking at the seniors. One It's already not deep. Right. And there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine um, seniors in the top twenty. That's yeah. half. So and one and one is Bo that's moving up. And one is Bo. That's not. So that's that's just ten guys potentially coming back. Ten they'll be gone. So that's that's kind of our thing. A little rant about uh, Marinelli next year. It'll be a tough decision. Now, there's always the, you know, guys develop, and guys that you didn't think would be good end up being good. You know, you think of like a Daniel Dennis and a Phil Keddie, guys that were kind of under the radar and they end up being amazing. Maybe they get something like that with with Burke Paddock or, or another one of these 65s. But, you know, those are the exception, not the rule, and not the thing you count on. But you can count on Alex Marinelli, in my opinion, to be able to contribute right away. Yep, yep. So, you down with that? We made
2: that we made that decision.
1: <laughs> we figured it out, I, I'm guys. I'm sure
2: I'm sure that I'm sure that Kale and Tom Ryan and Tom Brands always love Yes, us we, we making give, their lineup decisions. Giving coaching
1: advice. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure that they they really respect it. But hey, it's it's 11:05. 5 uh, over. 5 over. Like don't say it. Don't say five who. Over.
2: No, Chenzo was 10 over at the scuffle. We're five over, like,
1: uh, I don't know. You Don't have to th- don't put anybody on the news. Just forget about it. Hey, we thank you guys so much for listening. Um, three times this week. Holy cow. We need a union, Willie. We're I don't think. Overworked. Overworked. I am tell- want it every day. I do, too. I do, too. Uh, make sure you're subscribed on iTunes. You give us those five-star ratings. We'll be back at you next Tuesday, Lord willing. And um, have a good weekend. A lot of good wrestling going on. UNC taking on Oklahoma State tonight. Make sure you check that out. Going to be some good ones. We'll see you next time. Thanks.